uh, Skullboys. The Street Press Podcast with Sean Fraser. For a start, there are not enough white men doing podcasts. I've got to always support that when that comes along. I was talking to a mate today at a baby queue. We didn't cook a baby. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that yeah. was. I just want to thank you. Yeah, no, it was me. He wouldn't shake our hand until he finished putting on his glove. Imagine what he's like during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got you here for the podcast after your big night last oh. night, so I'm stoked with that. I get a thrill knowing that you're doing what you're doing. That's good. Well, I don't know what I'm doing today. We're just sort of just winging it. Did you moon Kylie Minogue? Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Street Press Podcast. My name is Sean Fraser. I hope you're having a great week. This is a big week, this one. Some of you might be lucky enough already to have seen Blink-182. They're out of here on tour right now. They've been playing in Perth. They've done Adelaide. They've done Melbourne. But this week, it's, well, it's my chance. They're coming to Sydney. Bought the tickets like 14 months ago. It felt like it was never coming. But I tell you what, never been so excited for a gig. Uh, it's it's going to be awesome this Friday night. Cannot wait. And I've had a few people write into the show saying that they are absolutely pumped to go as well. And some people are going to more than one. Jeez, where do you find the money? <laughs> but I'm happy for you. If you've got a spare, I'd love one. And I've got to say, I've been loving the lives that the band have been doing. I mean, 10 years ago when I last saw Blink-182 play, uh, you know, you never knew anything of behind the scenes or anything like that. You just went to the gig and you saw them on stage and you went home and that was it. But now, obviously, Mark and Tom, they've been doing the live streams just before the shows every night. It's been awesome just sitting there on the couch and just watching them prepare, get ready and uh, jump on out uh, to a huge audience. They've been playing to some uh, to some big ones recently. Anyways, that is enough for Blink-182. I just thought I'd get that out of the way because there's been a few people writing in this week. We'll probably have more in letters. Who knows? Okay, on the show this week, we have a pretty impressive guy. He's from the Maldives. He came from there to Australia, formed a band, and they're really, really good. I only heard about him yesterday, actually, to be completely honest. The guy's a good intent swung me an email and said, hey, you might like this band for your podcast. Sofiane is the band name. I put them on and uh, it only took about, I don't know, one or two songs. I might not even been right through the second song and I hit back an email and said, how early can we do this? And uh, Sarah Yaki, she hit me back and said, you can have Sofiane tomorrow. So I've done the interview and it was a great pleasant chat they're heading over to the east coast of australia they're from perth obviously for their very first tour of the east coast which is pretty exciting they've been releasing singles since 2022 so in a very short space of time not even two years have they uh you know gained some momentum i think they've had three songs on triple j so you've probably heard them there but they are full steam ahead at the moment so i wanted to bring the singer on and have a chat talk about where they're at what their plans are, and their new single that's coming out in a week's time, Dance With Me. I've already had a sneak peek and watched the music video. It is quite impressive. If you're wondering what the band sort of sounds like, I hate doing this, but sometimes you sort of need a bit of a, a guidance. Uh, it's a little little Spacey Jane, a little Ocean Alley. You could picture them on a bill with either of those two bands and they'd sit there quite comfortably. All right, this is my interview with Sofiane of the band Sofiane. been happening hey you know just getting through start of the day for us so just you know getting the day organized how about yourself yeah well i'm halfway through the day today so uh i'm i'm up and adam the band came across my desk yesterday 
and I was like, oh, I got to get him on the podcast uh, uh, straight away. And here we are. It hasn't even been 24 hours. Oh, how about that? Well, hey, that's pretty exciting news. Thank you so much. And um, just behalf of the rest of the band, some of them might work, obviously. So with a little bit of shorter notice, they couldn't join in today. But I'm here to hopefully, you know, have a, have a little bit of a chat and I'll share whatever I can. One of the things that really uh, caught me when I was doing a little bit of research before was you guys have only been around since, what, 2022? And we're talking tours, we're talking uh, releases, we're talking music videos. You're doing it all. It's uh, let, let, Let's rewind back. When did you start with music? So I, I grew up in the Maldives. My mom's from Switzerland. My dad's from the Maldives. Um, but I spent most of my life growing up in the Maldives in a tiny, tiny island. I always loved music. I was always a big fan of music. My family plays music a lot. And um, I probably picked up the guitar when I was about eight or nine years old and started playing But um, and got really, really invested. But having grown up in the Maldives, I never really thought I could make a career out of it. Like, you know, I'm on this small island. I was like, I had these big dreams, but I was like, how is this ever going to come true? Like, you know, I can't can't even leave this island at this stage. And then um, much, much later in my adult life, when I was turning 18, 18, 19, I moved to WA, Perth. Um, So quite a while ago, I moved here to study and my now wife, who is also from here, that's kind of how I ended up coming here. But I guess when I moved here, I was like, wow, I've moved from one tiny island to a bigger island. (laughs) uh, Massive island, as big as they get, I think. Uh, absolutely the biggest one ever and I was like whoa okay I can finally see a little bit of opportunity maybe I can actually do something with music but um it it wasn't until much later again as well I was you know I I was I was studying and I was bodyboarding professionally at the time as well that's something I really loved doing so that kind of took a lot of my time back then so music was a lot of just my passion. I knew I wanted to do something with it. I just didn't know how. And then this is probably going to sound a little bit cliche, but um, I, I went and saw Coldplay in Melbourne when they were here last time, which was, I don't know, maybe six or seven years ago or so. And they, they were a big reason why I started playing music. Like, you know, my sisters, my siblings would listen to them and Coldplay really paved the way for me with music. And I had a deep, deep connection with them. And when I was watching them live, I was, it was just like, I was like, what am I doing? Like, you know, I'm finally here in this country where I can pursue what I really, really, you know, want to do with my life. And it was just kind of an eye awakening moment. So I come back after seeing Coldplay and then I'm like, okay, cool. I got to do something with music. So I had no, I didn't know where to start even. I didn't know anyone in the music industry here either because I've been in such different spaces. Then um, I started out with doing an open mic and just playing a little bit of music there and started joining some groups in WA. And uh, one thing led to another, and I um, joined a band called Young Robin a few years ago, like this was about four years ago, and they were already an established band playing some music and um, the stars kind of just aligned and um, I started making music with them. And uh, yeah, it was there, I guess I really started learning about the industry and kind of, cool, what can I do with music? And I always knew that I wanted to start my own project and I guess, Unfortunately, but also fortunately, I guess, kind of at the same time, young, young Robin was coming to a bit of a hiatus. Like we'd made a lot of good things together, but 
I guess in the time that I was in that band, which was about two years, I uh, I learned a lot about the music industry and what was kind of needed and hey, what are some good steps? What 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 should be? Well, you know, what should you be thinking about? And I kind of started managing Young Robin a little bit as well, so learned some really good skills there, kind of through that process, meeting people. So when I started my solo project, this project now, this band, Sofian, two years ago, the drummer from Young Robin, Tyler, he actually came along with me, so we were the two founding members of this project, but. I was just so hungry when I started this project two years ago. I was just like, I really want to do something with this. How can I use everything that I've learned, like, you know, throughout this musical journey of mine and life to kind of, I guess, expedite's not the right word, but just have, I guess, very clear goals of what I wanted to achieve kind of every year. So yeah. that's kind of how it started. And There's so much that I take out of that, what <laughs> you've said. Firstly, I love that you know the moment when you go, hang on, this is when I want to become a musician. I think a lot of musicians out there, they have that moment. I remember for me, I was watching YouTube, probably when YouTube, you know, had just started. I saw Blink-182 playing Big Day Out. It was uploaded and I thought, music's my thing. This is it. Oh, I want to do that. I want to learn that. I want to, I want every part of that. Uh, you grew up in the Maldives. I can hear that in your music, I feel anyway, that oceanic sort of uh, vibe that you've got with your, your project that you're doing now. Was it an inspiration? Absolutely. I, I I have a very big tie, I guess, back to the Maldives and island life and culture. And funny enough, though, the traditional Maldivian music is, is very, very different. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think compared to what it is kind of here now. But, yeah, I guess the ocean is a very big part of my life and, like, growing up in the island. And then I think, you know, coming here and then listening to bands like Ocean Alley and people like that also very much influenced me now. I think, yeah, that kind of coastal ocean flowy sound is something I I think is just ingrained in me so it naturally comes out when I uh, start writing music with the band you mentioned before that you learn a little bit of managing in music yes. and I and I have a lot of people on this podcast and we chat about how nowadays just writing the music and performing the music isn't enough these days you need to sort of be good at social media and you also got to somewhat have an idea a direction and how you're going to market yourself and I suppose you learn all that did you yeah, absolutely. I think it was a combination of like, you know, the manager stuff that you kind of do and the roles. But I guess as, as a creative, you're always learning, right, and trying to adjust to the time that we're living in now. As you mentioned, there's, it's not about just making music anymore. There's, there's, and not, not that, not to say that it ever was, but like, you know, there's just so many things that's, kind of entailed to be a musician today with the social media and like, you know, putting yourself out there and branding and stuff. So that's definitely really helped. And um, actually last year I started my own management label. Um, so I have an artist on my roster as well uh, called King Ibis. And funny enough, they last year won the thing to play at Coldplay here in Perth. So <laughs> I had a full circle moment able to be there with them and see Coldplay and get to meet Chris Martin and um wow yeah it's a lot of emotions and it's still like when I think about it now like you know obviously we've moved past but whenever I bring it up I'm like yeah that really happened um <laughs> you know, so yeah coming back to your question even like you know I guess a lot of bands a lot of new people I, I would my goal is to as I'm working on my own project and going along, I'd love to be able to share what I'm learning with other people as well. Cause that's what I found, I guess, doing my project is sometimes can be something a little bit challenging, especially here in Western Australia. Like we're such a beautiful community of musicians here, but at the same time, we're very isolated. 
Um, so there's not a lot of things that, you know, people have access to. So I just wanted to be, be able to share some of my wins and journeys and stuff. And that's kind of how I started my label. I got King Ibis and if I could, I'd be giving advice to everyone out there and taking, <laughs> but, um, it takes a little bit of a while to be able to do that. What you say is true. I mean, you guys are, well, I'm in Sydney, so you're a long way from me. Um, <laughs> and, but there's so many great bands coming out of WA at the moment and, uh, Absolutely. like, yeah, uh, Spacey James. I can picture you guys doing a show. Spacey, I nothing more than I'd love to play a show with Spacey Jane. Hopefully, that is on the list of goals and bucket things to do. So, yeah, hopefully, we'll tick that off in the near future as well. Now, you've been recording with well, obviously, there's a band over there called Sly Withers. We've had them on the show. Amazing, great dudes. But you guys have been working with was it their producer on a few of the yeah, songs? Dave Parkin, yeah, from Blackbird Sound Studios. And how's he contributed to what you're doing? So much, so much. I, I, I want to say I've, I've worked with a lot of great producers and I think something with music is when you meet the right producer, mm. you kind of just know as well. It feels yeah. right. And, like, you know, I've worked with a lot of great people out there, but when I met Parker and we started working together, it's just pretty much instantaneously I just knew, okay, we're going to be making music together for the foreseeable future, for a long time, hopefully, to come. He's just a, a great person to work with. He's, he, he's, he's a lovely person to just be around. As a human being, he's a lovely person. So you already feel so comfortable being in his space. And then he really, really, really loves the music that he makes. So he puts a lot of time and effort into it. And I think sometimes we'll go into the studio with, like, a song with, like, yeah, it's good, but not quite sure where we want this to go. And he just manages to find a way to make it big, sound great, and you walk out of there, you're like, that's a great song. I hear a lot about that, the magic in the recording studio where you get a great producer in with a great band and, uh, you know, the band has some sort of direction on where this song is going to go, but they might just get to this point where they go, I think that's all the creativity we've got for this song at the moment. And then they come in with the scissors and just sort of cut here, cut there, stick it all together, and then all of a sudden, it's still the same song that you wrote, but it's different and it's better. Yes, that's a perfect way of putting it. Same <laughs> song, different and better. That's, yeah. that's, that's a great way to put it. But, yeah, he's uh, absolutely love working with him. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard a lot about him, actually. Now, you've got an East Coast tour happening. This is what's amazing is you're so far away. You're coming over here. Uh, you must be pumped for that. A lot of, lot of emotions and a bit nervous as well, if I'm being very honest, to venture out and, you know, play music somewhere else. But at the same time, it's so exciting. It's what we've been working for as well, like, you know, since we've been abandoned. I guess it's also kind of the natural next step in growth as well. Like, you know, because as I was mentioning in WA, Perth especially, like, you know, we, we might be the biggest state, but we're the smallest kind of, you know, area when it comes to how far you can go and play music. So now it's time to, you know, come over to the rest of Australia and share what we're doing as well. And how's the vibe where you are right now when you guys put on a show? Great, great. I, I, I'll definitely say COVID obviously had some amount of impact to the way things were because I was making music with my other project back then as well. So definitely some changes, but people love music out here. That's all I can say. And I think the musicians community, it's amazing here. Every, everyone's out here to support each other, you know, and, and find ways of really getting that community together. And I think that's something I really, really value out here that, you know, I hear is quite different over in the East Coast just because of how big and how large and how spread across everyone is as well as here. 
once you start making music, you know every band, who's who and stuff like that. Because there's so many venues, there's so many places you can go before you're in someone's face, you know. See, I love that. Uh, here in Sydney, you know, there are a lot of bands and there's particularly stacks of bands in Melbourne, which is great, you know, a bit of competition. But I love the idea that over there, you know, in WA and in particular in Perth, that you've probably got more of a community vibe there, you know. Uh, you probably know a lot, each other a lot more. I don't feel like we have that vibe as much in Sydney, which is which is missing. That's what I've heard from other people who've been over there as well, especially musician friends who tour and travel. They're like, yeah, it's great. Like there's all these cool things, but they're like, the community is a bit different there. And I was like, I, I think that's because especially you're spread around. Whereas here, you know, we have – four or five really great music venues like you know that are quite big where everyone touring artists will come and play as well so as soon as you start playing at some of those venues you start meeting all the artists and stuff that are around in Perth as well so yeah you just end up becoming friends over time um, which is which is very very lovely because yeah that that resource sharing aspect I think is massive and huge right because that's ultimately what helps new people who are then coming into where you've already been on your journey new song out it's yes. coming in a couple of weeks' time. I think it's the 24th. 22nd, so it's actually pretty much one week from tomorrow, next Thursday. How exciting. First of all, you must be pumped for it to come out. Super, super, super pumped. Yeah, we've put a lot of effort, and I think the last couple of singles that we've released have really been shaping our sound for us, I guess, and yep. we've been finding it even more and more in the music that we've been making. So this song that we're about to put out just has a lot of – lot of good stuff I think in it which I'm very keen to put out I was going to say one of the great things that I get to do when I host this podcast is I get to listen to the songs before they come out that's one of the coolest things and uh, I've had a listen dance with me a few times now and uh, listen to some of obviously your other tunes I feel like this one is is like the shape of your sound now I feel like it's uh this I believe is your best I I agree you agree I agree. I couldn't agree more. And I think when you listen to our music as well, and I think sometimes you're your own worst critic as well, especially when I listen to recorded yeah. music of mine, like, you know, like, we, we did that <laughs> once, once upon a time ago. Um, but being able to, I guess, when I then do sit down myself and give it a bit of time to actually reflect on the music that we're making and how it's changing, it's quite quite exciting, I guess, to be able to see that, but also, I guess, really feel like, hey, I'm starting to really connect with the music that I'm making and that I'm putting out. I think that's a pretty phenomenal feeling. And I think ultimately that's also what helps really shape your fan base and people who listen to you as well as you become more secure in your music that you're making as well. It's a real upbeat sort of song and it's got a, quite a vibe to it. But I suppose the lyrical content, is it a bit more darker? It's a, it's a lot more serious. I think a lot of the music, pretty much all the music that I've written from a lyrical perspective, of course, the band writes all the music together, but a lot of the lyric writing I do by myself. And I think a lot of that is a lot of mental health stuff, but also things I think growing up on a small island, I might have not had all the right resources maybe to be able to work through some things as I was growing up. And I think after moving here and especially going through this journey, I've really been, I guess, been able to find a way to express how I've been feeling things that I've struggled with as well. So Dance With Me specifically actually is nothing to really do with myself too much, but it was, um, I had these conversations to two people who I'm extremely close with, one of them being my wife and one of them my best friends, Nadine, who is the singer from King Ibis. And I love them, but both of them 
were sharing conversations of how they've been struggling to, I guess, really see the best in themselves. And from an outside perspective, I can just see how beautiful they are. And I've always seen how beautiful they are. And I was just like, man, I wish you guys could see how beautiful you are. Like, you know, instead of me being able to just tell you. And I was like, all I feel like you guys need just a little bit of encouragement, someone to really, I guess, believe in you guys so you can go out there and do and see your full potential as well. So that's kind of where the song came from it's being about being able to encourage you know the people that you love to do the best that they can i'm sure you were just writing from the heart when you were doing it but i tell you what there's uh no better time for a song like this do you feel it's your best stuff lyrically yeah for sure i I think it's one of the best lyrically i definitely have some songs that i hold really close um and that i really enjoy but i think sonically as you're saying overall as well like the m music i definitely think it's our best music to date. I, of course, think we have a long journey ahead of us and we're going to be making lots more music. And the best, I'd say, is still probably yet to come. But for this time period right now, I'd say it's definitely what we're most stoked with. And the people at Triple J seem to be liking it as well. I saw a couple of those quotes there. Uh, that's really nice to see as well. Absolutely. I think, you know, again, just in such a short amount of time, I just didn't think all of this could be happening but last year all three singles that we released all of them got played on both unearthed and triple j last single even got premiered on triple j with ash mcgregor so yeah a lot of great things have been happening and it's nice to see again i think mostly it's just you know six seven years ago i never thought i'd be able to be here and be able to enjoy all of these things especially not even being i guess from australia myself you know i get to call australia my home now and i'm so grateful for that but to i guess really feel like hey i'm a part of this beautiful country and there's people supporting what we do and there's a whole world out there waiting now for us to be able to you know share uh, this journey and music with so yeah very grateful i guess at the end of the day what was that moment like when you turned on the radio and you heard your song playing on Triple J for the first time? Pretty, pretty phenomenal. I think there was a mixture of emotions still trying to be like, oh, this is really happening. <laughs> My song is getting played on Triple J. And also just like, ah, <laughs> yeah. But ultimately, yeah, I think it was a moment to really reflect on and um, be grateful, um, but also be proud, I guess, in a way to be be able to be like, hey, you know, all, all, all this years and, you know, work that you've put in. I guess a lot of the time I, I usually also felt sometimes that I might be a little bit older to, you know, a lot of the people around like doing stuff in a similar age. But at the same time, it's just like, hey, we're out here doing it and, and, and good things are coming your way. So I think to anyone else listening to this podcast as well, like all I can say is, you know, if you believe in yourself and you work hard, you can definitely do something with it. I love, I love hearing that. Love the inspiration. I tell you what, you, you're giving yourself a bit of uh, a hard time about your age or whatever, but the band sounds youthful in the nicest possible way. Thank you. That that's so. I have to say, everyone else in the band is a few years younger than me. So <laughs> <laughs> they bring the youth in me, but I definitely still feel young. I'm twenty. I'm twenty. Twenty nine at the moment. Um, and the rest of my band's around their early twenties. But hey, you know, we've we've been friends for a while now, and to get to make music together is just um, I don't even know the right word. Big blessing, I guess. Well, I don't think I've ever had anyone on the show from the Maldives, so it's. There we go. It's the first first of the show and your first lot of shows on tour on the East Coast are coming up in March. You're going to be playing Sydney. So we're doing a few shows in Sydney and we're doing Melbourne as well. Okay. Unreal. Look, I wish you all the best. 
Thank uh, you. So I'd love. I'd love to come to the Sydney show. I think it's in Bondi. Yeah, we've got one in Bondi, and that's on the fourteenth of March. Awesome. And the single is out on the twenty second. You got to check it out. Thank you so much for jumping on the podcast today. I have to catch you for a beer in Bondi. Absolutely. I'll be super stoked to do that if we if we get to it. Yeah, there he is, Sofian from the band. Sofian, if you want to go check them out, they are on tour in March. So they start in WA. Uh, they're also playing over the East Coast in Sydney. They're playing two shows in Sydney. Uh, then they're heading off to Wollongong, St Kilda, uh, and then heading back home to WA. Check them out. Sofian, you might really dig them. I did. All right, it's time for this. Yeah, this is the part of the show called Letters. You write it, I read it. Go to thestreetpresspodcast.com forward slash letters and uh, drop me a line. I don't think there's ever been a letter that I haven't read out. I used to say, look, if you insult me, I might still read it out. Um, I've never had a really insulting message. Why don't you try your best? Um, Yes, so this is the letter segment. So if you write in, I will read it. I got a lot of people writing in after... That Blink-182 Rick DeVoe manager episode last week. So hang on, let, let me clarify that. We had Blink-182's old manager on, Rick DeVoe, last week. And uh, that episode did really well. A lot of responses from a lot of people. Uh, Tim says, man, I love the Blink manager pod. The history in that was amazing. It was. It was one of those interviews where you throw a very simple question out and everything that sort of just came back was just so insightful. I learned so much, you know, from the early days of Blink-182 right through to Enemy of the State when they really popped off and did, you know, incredibly well. They were the biggest band in the world, let's be honest, in that 99-2000 uh, period. Uh, them and Limp Bizkit. <laughs> they were, seriously, they were. Uh, also, I got Bob. He wrote in. He said that Rick screwed up the uh, the tour. He, he When Blink-182 came out here... In 1995, they played with Body Jar and with Pennywise. They were on a tour. But Bob reckons that the lineup that was mentioned wasn't correct. He says it was Pennywise on that tour, Body Jar on that tour, Blink-182, obviously. But the band was not Grinspoon that they played with on that tour. It was a band called Downtime. And I think you're right, Bob, because you did show me that poster when I was over your joint once, and uh, I vaguely remember them being on the poster. So there's a little bit of clarification from one of our members, Bob. Thanks for writing in, mate. Uh, I know Adam also wrote in this week. He said he's absolutely pumped for the Blink shows. Uh, He enjoyed the episode last week. And if you are heading to the Blink shows in Sydney this weekend, we're trying to tee up a drink somewhere. Uh, Maybe just that pub across from... They've all got that. I don't even know the name of the pub, but they have a pub on the corner. They usually have like cover bands of the band that's playing that night, playing in the pub. So if you want to have a beer, maybe we can all meet there at 5.30. Uh, yeah. So next week we'll have another episode. But my band, The Ritzy Kids, we've got two shows in the works at the moment. I'm just waiting to hear back from one of the headline acts about when we can make an announcement about the first show, which is going to be in March, at the back end of March. So if you want to hear some punk rock come and check out my band the ritzy kids we're going to be busy this year 2024 is going to be our year you know how a lot of bands say that oh it's going to be our year but you know big things coming um i'm just going to say it too why not everyone else is all right 
hopefully I have your ears here next week. Until then, enjoy yourself. Ta-da. <laughs>